This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, God. <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. American Sex with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. What do you want out of my mouth? Three, two, one. Bam. Why? You're leading me on. You're already recording. <laughs> you got, I totally am. You have your face on. Like, well, I hope I have my face on. I you want to be I mean. a bloody skeleton. You're a bloody skeleton. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. Happy anniversary. Yeah, it was our anniversary last we week. We ate really good last week, because there's birthdays. We got we two birthdays. Good. We ate good all week. Like, anniversary. Ooh, I'm, I can feel it sitting around me like a big tire attached to my body. I feel it by the lack of our wallet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's expensive. So, so, listeners, okay, we went to a real, not real, but as real as it can get, speakeasy. Last Which night was really because cool. it was it was my daughter's birthday. She's twenty three. I can't fucking believe it. So we took her out for drinks, and lo and behold, Yelp dot com did us good because she was like, "I feel like you know fancy drinks." So we're like, "Okay, someplace not too loud." Because she, even though she's twenty three, she's getting like us. She's like a fifty year old. Yeah, she's like someplace not too loud where we can hear each other talk. Where we get and, off my lawn. And she said instead of like a bunch of cheap drinks, like the last couple of birthdays we went out to like Liars Club and like dive bars, which are great. But she's like, you know, why don't we try like fancy drinks and just have a couple instead of having a bunch of cheap drinks? So I go on to Yelp. And I find this place called the Ladies Room, and I'm not really sure what it is. And it said something like a speakeasy style, da da da. So we go to the place, and this is in Chicago. We go to the place, and it's a restaurant called like Fat Rice. And we're like, did it move? Did it was, you know, it didn't say closed on Yelp. See, I had no idea at this point that it even was a speakeasy sort of thing. I just thought you got the wrong address. Yeah, he thought I was stupid. He was just like, no, oh, I, no. I never thought you were stupid, sweetheart. <laughs> My interpretation. How about that? Okay. You I didn't think thought, you were stupid. I would never. But think I that. thought you thought I was stupid. So anyway. no, I just I thought you were mistaken. That's oh, all. Well, so we go in, and it's like, um, I don't know if it's a Japanese restaurant or something. I'm not really sure, but. But we go in and I'm like, hey, I think it was Pan Asian. Okay, I'm like, hey, uh, there's supposed to be a bar called the ladies room. And she's like, hold on. And she has a microphone and she's talking into her shirt like, oh, let me let me see if we have any room to whisper, whisper, whisper. And it was very like spy. It was very clandestine. Yeah, yeah there it was, was like. I don't know if they played it up because it was a speakeasy or if that was but just natural. it's also natural. a very small room, so it may have been a genuine, like, because, like, they had, what, maybe less than 10 tables. I it was, like, say. five tables. It was a real tiny room. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of like, probably someone's master bedroom would have been bigger than this room. Yeah, or close our, to our it. Bedroom yeah. Is, our yeah. bedroom is larger. Looking around here, yes. So, you know, it's like, whisper, whisper, whisper. Let me see if we have room. And I'm like, as she's doing, let me see if you have room. I'm thinking to myself, is she sizing us up? You know, like, because I had a recent thing where we got turned away at a rooftop bar. 
and they sized us up because oh because of tattoos our, no our group wasn't white enough that's what it was oh because and they let all the white people and, in yeah yep. it was like so i'm like is that what's going down right now so then she goes we have room go down five doors You'll see blah, blah, blah on the door. Go in that door and tell them. And, I, and then I was like getting excited. Like, ooh, we got in. What is this? So we go in and it's another restaurant. And then you go to like the back room and there's this really cool um, like little room with, I don't know, almost it reminded, I don't know if it was like 1940s, 1930s, like. Oh, yeah, it was, it was both. Like 1930s, Chinese 1940s. pinup kind of uh, pictures all over the walls. And they, the, it was amazing. The decor was amazing. Yeah. And they had these fancy ass drinks. And, it looked like a bordello in Shanghai 1939. Yeah. I, I would picture that in my yeah. head. Yeah. So it was really cool. So uh, that was my first speakeasy experience. It was pretty neat. So uh, they're not paying me, but shout out to the ladies' room if you're in Chicago. Look yeah, it and, up. And who are the people who denied you because of race? Like that, like you should, you should oh, actually it, talk it a little bit the, more. It was the rooftop hotel at the W. At the W in Chicago. Yep. So Chicago W, good job on your racism. Yeah. Yeah. That Everything's was, all white there. God, that was a bad situation. But uh, so hi, here we are. Hey. Episode 54, right? Holy shit. I can't believe 54. Hi, everyone. I'm Ken Melvoin Berg. And I'm Sunny Megatron. And I had three drinks. Oh, three drinks and a shot last night. And I wasn't hungover this morning, which is a miracle at my very advanced age of 47 years and lots of hangovers. And welcome to episode number... 54. 54 of American Sex Podcast. This week's guest, I have this. Uh, I always say every week, like, oh my God, this is so good. You know what? So Our good. podcast is older than we are in years at this point. I just Aww. realized that. Oh, No, but this guest is amazing. Amberly Rothfield. Amberly Rothfield is a 13-year veteran of the phone sex operating industry and one of the top active femdoms on the Night Flirt platform, turning her attention to teaching how she became successful in the sex worker world. She's written a book entitled How I Make 10000 a Month as a Phone Sex Operator, which is free in its digital form to help those that are entering the field. Her passion is helping those whom, like her when she was new, are in desperate need of help but are a little bit lost. This conversation is absolutely essential. If you've ever even had a passing thought about, hmm, maybe I should be a phone sex operator or a cam performer or a, you know, telephone dominatrix, it's, this is such a good conversation. And, and just as an aside, her book, by the way, it isn't some like, oh, this is a free little ebook and some little pamphlet. It's like 200 something pages. It is the Bible of everything you need to know. It's amazing. And so we talk in this interview and we, we dish a lot of stuff. One is about my secret side gig that I had for a while being a phone sex dominatrix myself. We talk about the strangest calls that she's ever had, what she's learned about the psychology of sexuality as a phone sex operator, how to break into the business if you're new, do marketing, SEO, and all that great stuff. And of course, we address how much somebody starting out can realistically make and everything that you've ever been curious about or might actually use to make yourself some cash. We also touch on her latest live event at the Erotic Heritage Museum in Las Vegas. It's called Change Your Life Through Sex Positivity with August McLaughlin from Girl Boner Radio and Christina Royale. And it's on August 18th, and it's absolutely free. And also keep your ears out for a story that'll be going up on our Patreon soon about a call that Amberly had with a man who was trying to hide from his wife, but things 
went terribly wrong. Oh, and speaking of Patreon, it's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Thank you so much for joining our family this week. Kelsey, if you'd like to support this show and join our growing Patreon family, head on over to patreon.com slash American sex. By becoming a member, you'll get all our episodes early, bonus content, and extra stories from our guests and more. Did you also know that we're hosting a giveaway this month with Castle Megastore? Yeah, you can win an Ojoy Olive waterproof remote control silicone kegel exerciser to enter go to sunnymegatron.com slash olive also you can get 20 percent off select items at castlemegastore.com when you use the code sunny s-u-n-n-y at checkout oh and real quick before we get to the interview i want to give a quick shout out to off the cuffs a kink and bdsm podcast if you listen to last week's interview with minimus maximus he's the co-host of that podcast and if you've been curious about off the cuffs during our mid-show sponsor break we'll be playing a short promo for their podcast i think it's an awesome show and you definitely should listen and we're also part of a podcast collective together, along with other shows like Sex and Scholars, Sex Talk with My Mom, Tristan Tiramino's Sex Out Loud, Holly Randall Unfiltered, and more. You can learn more about that at PleasurePodcasts.com. And on to our guest. Without further ado, Amberly Rothfield. I'm super excited because on the line, we have Amberly Rothfield. So I'm going to give just a quick background for the listeners. Amberly and I have known each other on Twitter, what, forever, Amberly, right? Forever. Forever yeah. is a good number. For forever and ever. And we're finally talking. And I have to tell you, you do some really cool stuff. I think I'm really going to enjoy this conversation because it's a little known secret that I have had a secret side hustle. You know, when times are a little tough, got to pick up another job. I've had a secret side hustle um, as a phone dominatrix. So you and I are going to have a good conversation and Ken as well. Ken's yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm just excited because I know she like she's cried twice already. We're going to make her cry on <laughs> yes. air in just a second here. Like, so <laughs> when you cry, just let us know so that we can share that with the listeners. Okay. But still yeah. crying. Like, That's awesome. Like, <laughs> and collect, collect those. In, you know, I need that lube. You got to collect those tears in a jar for daddy. I'm a dacrophile. <laughs> just just for you. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, because the listeners weren't privy to all our pre-interview conversation. Why are we crying? Um, I've loved you for years. Um, oh. You were like the action, because I grew up in Texas where they don't have sex education. And oh. I used to sneak awake and stay up past, you know, when my dad would say go to bed and I would turn on Showtime and I would watch your show and I was definitely not of age. So that is, is the like, best thing ever. Oh my God, you're yeah, so sweet. It, it, <laughs> now like, I'm going to cry. It's like meeting a superstar. And like, oh. I, I just, I never thought this moment would happen. I, I genuinely followed, followed you not to get on your podcast because I've loved you. Forever. Oh my God. <laughs> and we, we actually contacted you because of your merit, not because of anything else. <laughs> I hate to say it. I'd like to say there was some other like cool reason, but no, you're, you're completely interesting. And I think that people are going to find out a lot more about you today. And they might oh. even find out a little bit about how to make some money for themselves. Oh God. Yeah. That's a yeah. passion right there. Yeah. So I, I uh, read kind of sped read your book, um, the how, how I made 10,000 a month as a phone sex operator. First of all, 
kick ass information for for me from somebody who just kind of like dove into it like what the fuck am I doing I wish I had this book and I know a lot about you know adjacent sex industries and marketing and SEO and all that and it was still difficult for me so for someone who's coming into this who doesn't know any of that I honestly, without a doubt, and nobody's making me say this, like your book is the essential handbook for phone sex operators, without a doubt. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So tell me, all right, how did you get into um, phone sex, phone domination? Like, how did it all happen? Um, It's it. I, I hate the fact that mine is the air quote stereotypical story of I was broke and out of options. Mm -hmm. It makes it sound so like. It's, it's that no little girl wants to do this. Like I was forced into it, but it wasn't so much that I was forced, but it presented itself at a time when I didn't have money and working at home was optimal. But if I was completely against like the sex industry, I, I didn't do it because I was like, Oh my God, I have no other options. It was more of a, I need some money quickly and I don't mind this. So I was kind of excited and happy to do it. I obviously at 18 had no idea what it would entail. Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, I I was 18 years old and um, had just graduated high school and was like, well, fuck, I don't have a car. I live on the outskirts. I don't have the best uh, bus system and I can do this from home. I, I think winner, 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 chicken dinner. I'm going to try this out. And it worked. I was actually really good at it. So, wow. Okay. So 18. So like, mm-hmm. I, Wait, I have a really quick yeah. question. That's just sort of an offshoot of this. Yeah. Can you use your book in other careers that are similar to what you're talking about? The reason I'm asking specifically is that for years I was a professional psychic. And for those of you old enough to remember the Psychic Readers Network, I was actually one of the phone psychics <gasps> for PRN many, 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 many moons ago. Yes, Miss Cleo was my boss at one point. Not directly, but that she, is... she played my boss on TV. Now, can you use your book for things like phone psychic work, which is I very think... similar, believe it or not? I, I think I, I think you can because I wrote it from the perspective of like my 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 I like to tell people how I made ten thousand dollars a month as a phone sex operator. It's a true title and that's how I applied it. But I believe you could use it for phone psychic. I never thought about that. But also clip sales, uh, even webcam. I think um, yeah. I think you can. I, awesome. A lot of webcam girls have said I can apply these principles there too. Wow! Yeah. yeah. It's it, it you know and for porn stars listening when you're making your customs this is also something that could apply to that I mean it's something absolutely that, yeah you know and I think that there is a lot of people that are in the industry that are listening to our podcast on the regular and I think this would help a ton and we will definitely have information about the book in the show notes oh thank you. and and I want to point out too the book the digital version is free because I know it's such a like sleazy car salesman kind of title like oh yeah i'll make you a billion dollars that's why i give away the digital version for free because it's like here you go look like why i'm not lying to you here's 250 pages of not bullshit yeah i mean it's not it's not a pamphlet it's not a like it's well written and i know like in your intro you're like this might not be well written i just kind of tell you my stuff for my it's well written it's like i was going through i was like holy shit this is a gold mine it is like the bible for phone sex seriously (laughs) you should be charging for the digital version seriously and everyone listening before amberly changes her mind and is like oh i should be charging for this fucking get your hands on this (laughs) 
for free. Yeah, because as a fellow author of fourteen books, I have to say you're charging way too little for your book. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I take that as a compliment. No, I promise you, it's a part of my business strategy. Uh, Excellent. Which makes sense. Which makes, that yes. makes that makes it even more interesting and more amazing. And it means I'm following my own advice because I say yeah, yes. Yeah. yes, you are. Yeah. So speaking of business, you started yes. this. Okay, you're an excellent business person now. You started <laughs> this when you were 18. I don't know. Maybe you were an excellent business person from the get go. Um, but you didn't have any. You know, I'm I'm assuming you didn't have much experience with like SEO and internet marketing and you know, like fetish stuff and sex stuff. Most of us at 18 are pretty green. And I know even me, when I was doing this as a side hustle, I'm very experienced in, you know, all forms of sexuality, especially BDSM. And I even encountered some stuff that I was like, oh, this is a thing or oh you know, like, it's surprising so if it surprised me and i'm supposedly the you know i put this in finger quotes the expert what was it like for you diving into this world at 18 totally green dear stinking christ um <laughs> i spent the first five years of my my legal adulthood with my jaw on the floor like i felt like i needed to buy a wheelbarrow like <laughs> Every night, I'm like, you know what? Last night was crazy. I'm I'm so prepared for tonight. Like, it can't get. Dear God, what did he just request? He wants to put that where? Because <laughs> um, I I work. My first company I worked for was a company. Uh, like, I work indie now, so I can kind of select the calls and choose what I'm marketing for. Mm-hmm. But when I worked for a company, it was whatever came through that line. Oh and yes, so I had to be prepared for anything and everything, and I thought I was fairly open minded. I thought I was this like sexual bat. I grew up watching your show, Aww. and I was like, I'm ready. I'm good. I'm oh dear God, this is not stuff that is allowed on Showtime. <laughs> oh, you should have seen. You should. We filmed a couple of scenes, were, by the way, that, that had to be cut. They were like, we can't show this on TV. So. <laughs> And I still, I still bet that some of the calls you got are even way over the top than even the stuff that ended up on our cutting room floor. Oh gosh, oh gosh, the FCC would not be happy. Um, no. <laughs> so what are what are some of the most memorable? You know, either from then or I'm sure you're still getting them now because I know I even was continually getting stuff. Like, I was like, huh. That's a new like that. We went somewhere I've never gone before. Okay, so give me like I don't know your top two or three just like most surprising wackiest um, requests. Okay. I'll give one. I'll give one that's like I don't think anyone's ever heard this before. Then one that you know you probably have heard, but you don't think a lot of people are into. But you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one that I am sure no one's heard of was this guy, and I still have him to this day. And if you're listening to this. I won't mention your name. I do love you. I do. But he's into triangles. Oh, like, like, like Telly, like Telly from Sesame Street. He does. It's nothing sexual. He just wants you to. Well, OK, it's sexual, I guess, because he's jerking off. But like, he doesn't want me to be like, I'm going to fuck myself with this triangle. No, he just wants you to describe triangular things. Like, wow. and that, that's actually a pretty i mean it, it's a common theory as to why we are attracted to certain fetishes but like that specific thing i don't think i've ever heard of yeah and yeah. are you talking like the shape of a triangle or like the instrument like ding 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 like the shape of a triangle i can like i started off talking about pyramids and you'd be surprised at how quickly you go through triangular type things 
Does, so, does he come when you say isosceles? Isosceles. <laughs> right, right. I should say isosceles, baby. No, I, I, I'm going to try that on him, though, now. But I, w- I would start talking about, like, porn stars who have their, like, vaginal hair shaped into triangles. And you'd be like, oh, okay, that's great. But don't talk about the pussies. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, so the triangles couldn't be like a sex triangle. It had to just be a triangle triangle. That is really fascinating. Yeah, exactly. Like I told him, I I remember I took, because I live in Vegas, so mountains everywhere. And I took a picture like out my window one day of this mountain in the distance. And I was like, look what I, and I sent it to him on Night Flirt. And he was like, oh my God. That's so hot. And I'm like, really? Please never move to Denver. Wow. Um. <laughs> wow. Now, my question is, I had I had one uh, regular caller that I would talk to forever that had a, an extremely specific, unusual fetish. And one day, he was like, hey, he sent me a message. And he's like, hey, you know, I know usually when we talk, we, you know, concoct some, you know, wacky scene or whatever based around my fetish. But do you just want to have a conversation one day? And you can ask, you know, I can tell you where my fetish comes from. And, and I was like, yes. So we talked for like a half an hour and he was like telling me about his childhood and why he has this certain fetish and, you know, the, his experience with, you know, playing a, this, the scenarios in real life with doms that he'd hire. And I was like, this is great because my curious mind is like, how how did this happen? What happened in your life, or or what's what's <laughs> going? And it, yeah, and not in a bad way. Not like you're a yeah. weirdo, but it's like we all have our things, and our life experiences make us get turned on by things that other people would think were weird. And I'm just curious, like how, why, what's the origin? So that made me so excited. Do you ever get to talk to either that client or other clients? You know, kind of in a timeout, out of scene, about why they have their fetishes. Absolutely. Um, there's another guy and uh, ironically it was the second story. I'm not even kidding. This is, and I sent him cause on platform you can send free minutes. I sent him free minutes. Cause I was like, I just have to know why. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Here's five free minutes. All I want to know is why. And he was the first person I encountered with ABDL adult baby. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Your fetish. Um, and I was like, how did this happen? And it actually turned out that he was a bedwetter until he was like 15, 16 years old. And so when he was developing sexually, he was in diapers and he loved the care of his mommy and all this other stuff. I don't know if that's too much to talk about on here. No, it's, no there. Talk, there is no not limits. too much to talk about. Okay, and I, I, I've had a few, a few um, diaper wearers, and, di- and I've always wondered. I never had a chance to talk and ask them about it. So that's really, that's really cool. And it's funny because when you hear the reasons why, like you might hear of a fetish and go. That's fucking weird. But then when you hear the reason why, like you said, oh, he was a bedwetter and, you know, it was a sign of care and nurturing when his mom would help him, you know, change his diaper even as a teen. It's like, oh, my God, that makes sense. And it's kind of sweet. Like, I get it now. I don't know. It's just fascinating when you learn about why people have their, quote, weird stuff. No, no yeah, exactly. I, I, because I remember when I first heard about it, I was like 19, 20, right in there. Uh-huh. I know it was before I could drink because I remember <laughs> thinking I wish I had a drink and then I'm like, have no one to go buy it for me. <laughs> and to me, and that was the moment when I first confronted um, 
whether or not someone was air quote weird. And I really started thinking about like myself and I'm like, I don't know if I want to be labeled as weird because this is something that, you know, something turns me on. That's like one of the first moments I confronted that mm-hmm. I should probably stop saying that they're weirdos because well, unless a humiliation is their fetish and they want you to say that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when it boils down to it, we're all weirdos in our own respect, which makes us all very, very normal. Because exactly. we, we all have our thing. All of us. Every single one of us. We're only weird if we're hiding it. Yeah. Why hide it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, um, can we have uh, an opportunity to maybe take you out to eat when we move to Vegas? <gasps> oh, my God. I was going to offer to take you out to eat. <laughs> we will so, do so that. that's a yes yeah Great. we will do yes, that yes i'll even show you my like favorite there's this thing called the dirty at 12 30 and ooh. it's out south point casino it's at um, every friday night it's where comedians go to test out their material so it's that's free show. awesome the, see that's what i was hoping for is like secret information like that yeah yeah that's like, very I've cool seen, i've seen dave Chappelle there i've seen joe rogan jesus and christ it only seats like a hundred people well he's dead so. <laughs> Oh yeah, wait. And I don't know if he was very funny. Like I read the Bible, he's not. Okay, I'm sorry. Those people love Jesus. He was a lot of things. He was not very funny. The Mormons, the Mormons here will not like that joke. So, (laughs) so for those listening along, because I know years ago when I met my first person that was a phone sex operator, I think it's very natural for a lot of people to go phone sex and then hear your story like I make $10,000 a month and then they get dollar signs in their eyes and they're like this is easy I want to go do the thing (laughs) and you know what this is a lot like the people that go to the casinos their eyes get big and they go free money and you know what there's a reason why the casinos are still in business kids yeah yeah Yeah, it's um and it's really it's becoming kind of ubiquitous with clip creators um I know girls one of my friends on Facebook, bless her, she's sitting there taking PayPal to sell her shoes and pictures of her feet. And she's like, it's so easy. And I'm like, until it's not like new girl syndrome is a thing. And what are you going to do to push yourself beyond that point? If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Phone sex can be really easy. You can go on night flight. You can set up a profile. You can put yourself at 99 cents a minute. Not that that's a bad rate, but it's, it's lower. And you can sit there and make a ton of money your first couple of weeks and think, oh, yeah, it's like this forever. But at some point, if it does become a business and you have got to prepare yourself for Mm -hmm. um, having regulars, building passive income, because you only have so many. My big moment of, oh, shit, I've got to start preparing was I got sick. And my voice went from a, hi, baby, how's it going? To a, hi, baby, how's it going? (laughs) I don't know. I kind of like the second one. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like that was my big moment of, um, fuck, what do I do now? Right. And um, and then like, you know, having a parent die and being like, no, I'm taking three weeks off. You have to be prepared for life's big moments. And that's when I started moving into... um, passive income and that's what i tell everybody that gets in business what are you going to do to make passive income you need to make money when you are away you need to and, make money and so how do you do that do you sell like audio clips or mm-hmm. pictures or yeah because uh when i went indie i started using fo- legal photos model new in fact i started uh, at one point paying her more than her porn career was paying her wow. <laughs> to do um custom content for me but 
because I wasn't going to sit there and spend four hundred dollars per clip for her, from her to be uh-huh. sell a mass uh, that she took forever to produce stuff. I started selling audio clips that I could make daily. I could make three, four, five daily, and started building a library. And wow. um, I didn't think they would sell it first. And actually, a lot of girls in the industry got mad at me. <laughs> Because they're like, this guy can spend ten dollars to buy your uh, twenty minute MP3 or fifteen minute MP3, uh, and he's just going to jerk off to it and get off to it over and over and over again. But I, I found that the guys would—that's true—but they would also buy every single one of my new things that I put out. So. Oh, so they got kind of well, hooked on you, you know, know what's and, new. And I was going to yeah. say that as somebody who's been a consumer of you know like phone operators and sex workers of all sorts, one of the things that I always found interesting was. Who is new and what is new? Because variety is the is the king or queen of whatever it is that you're looking for with when, with masturbation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you so you want that new, you want the novel, you want something that's a little bit different. That's also one of the hardest lessons I think for for new people when they begin any kind of sex work is they have a really amazing response for the first month or so, and then it kind of goes down dramatically afterwards unless you're doing something to keep bringing those people back. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you have to nicheify yourself and make yourself. And I hate saying the word expert because I feel like I'm an expert in nothing except for walking into walls. <laughs> but um, I am really good at that. But you have to make yourself an expert in whatever field you decide. Like I, I like to tell people, find four fetishes. That's it. Four niches, very specific niches, and build on those four. And mm-hmm. that way you have a little bit of variety and it's, it's cool if you can make complimentary fetishes, but focus on that, produce content for that. Be willing to do outside content, obviously, but nicheify yourself so that you become an expert and you find your, I, I find rather that I'm more inspired than when I'm just sitting there throwing spaghetti on a wall, hoping something's going to stick. Right. Right. So for those listening along, when you say, you know, when you worked for a company versus when you went independent, what does that mean? Especially for, you know, someone listening along, like I want to get into this. What are kind of the two, I don't know, designations? Uh, Companies basically handle everything. They generally, there's two types of companies, trolling and non-trolling. Trolling is you go out and you find majority of your customers, but they also have, they're also marketing and have a customer base themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, non-trolling is the one I worked mainly for at the beginning. And that's where they do everything. Like it's basically a round robin system. A phone call comes in, it goes to you. They whisper to you and tell you before you pick up the answer, before they connect you with the caller, they'll say, Oh, you're a, you're 18 and you're black from North Carolina. Go. Or it's like improv. It's like sex improv. It is. It's sex. It really is. You, I became so good at improv. I did not know I would be so good at that, but it is a sexual improv. And, um, like you don't have any specific pictures of yourself. You can set up, I guess, character profiles. Like Mm -hmm. if you called for an Asian girl, I would always say that my name was Trina and I had a backstory for that character. If you called for a Dom, it was Natasha because I am very stereotypical apparently. And uh, (laughs) for some reason I made her Russian. If you called for a submissive, she was buy me boots, (laughs) but, but leak my boots. You disgusting little people. Uh, that is good i'm telling you i'm telling you it's the russian (laughs) damn (laughs) Uh, my my grandparents actually were russians that's perfect okay okay it's the russian grandma thing again oh my god 
We've had a theme on the podcast of Russian grandmas, which is kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of find Russian gilfs sort of hot, especially if they're kind of dommy. Yeah. <laughs> my grandma. Maybe that's where I got it from. I don't know. My grandma was kind of, she's the one that ran the household. There you go. But, yeah. Wow. Russian, Jew, Russian Jewish yeah, grandma. That's my people. Yeah. That's yeah. your people. It is. Oh, I love it. But yeah, so um, uh, companies, yeah, companies, um, and they tend to pay you less than being independent because, again, they're doing so much for you. They have the biller set up. Like when the guy would connect to me, he's already paid. So Mm. I didn't have to take money from him. I got paid significantly less. But at the same time, I did significantly less. So Right, right. Yeah. And so then independent, is that where, like, do you get your own phone number that they call you? Like, how does that work? So independent means you handle basically everything. You can use a platform to make your life easier, but there are girls that have phone numbers, and then they also do the billing themselves. I'm lazier than that. Right. Um, so I use a platform called Night Flirt, and uh, there's also I Want Phone now, which is pretty mm-hmm. Looks like it's pretty good. Yeah, it's like part of I want clips or whatever. Like it's an offshoot yeah. of that. Yeah. Is, is yeah. the terms of service for both of those decent? Like, can you do any kind of fetish with both of those? No, um, they are pretty picky. They have different terms of service. Like some things are allowed on Nightflight that aren't allowed on I want clips, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tend to take the people that I can't take those calls on night flirt or someone approaches me independently off of those platforms right right. i will tell them like if you send me an email i'll be like hey you gotta call me here because okay so hypothetically if you had a client that said that they wanted you to be a russian grandmother while peeing on them and doing some sort of blood play which is probably against the terms of service of most things they could get a hold of you in some other aspect and you could go through that scenario yeah, exactly. Um, usually what I'll do at that point is take like an Amazon gift card or something. And I have Google numbers that they can call me. And that's that's usually how I say Right. That out, so. Now, I know that like uh, on Night Flirt and even when you look at sites like um, FetLife.com uh-huh. and some of the other phone sites over the last... I would say probably two years, there's been like a few waves of like, oh, my God, all of a sudden now you can't talk about pee, age play. It was like, and and since I was doing fetish content, it was like everything you talk about, you now can't talk about. And I was like, motherfucker. And (laughs) and now like with with SESTA, FOSTA and all of the online censorship, are you seeing like the the noose getting, you know, increasingly tightened as time goes on? Uh, yeah, no, it, I remember there, when I first started, there were so many things we could talk about. And like peeing actually was okay at one point, just right. as long as you didn't talk about someone swallowing it. Peeing is always okay. It's always okay. <laughs> it is. It is. It's just a, you got to move it underground. Right. A bit. But yeah, and actually part of the reason my Night Flirt page looks so jacked up right now is the same month I stopped using content and started using my own face. Uh-huh. They announced no more non-consensual fetishes. And I'm pretty yeah. well known for blackmail and home wrecking. Right. And okay. They, so, they, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. So they said like 48 hours, you have to delete everything that's no longer compliant or you risk your account. Oh, Jesus. So I had over 15,000 MP3s. I didn't oh. have the time to go through all of them. The site kept crashing because girls were all deleting. Wait, stuff did you did you say 15,000? thousand mp3s mm-hmm. you're the hardest it. working person i've ever known in my life jesus christ yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't it. even fathom how much 
time it would take to produce that level of content. You are I, a super I, fucking hero that doesn't have a cape. Oh my I, god! I took my uh, job really seriously, and uh, like guys would order customs. Even if like I had five customs to do that day, I still have to do one thing for me. So okay, there were days I would record ten ten MP3s because you just you have to do it. So, wow! Wow! Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't have the time to go through my entire library and be like, this one's okay, this one's okay. I'm not sure. Let me listen to this one. This one's okay. This one's not. This one's not. So I burned everything. I just deleted everything and figured I could add it back over time. And I've actually spent the last year teaching, so I haven't done that. Mm-hmm. So, oops. wow. I'm going to go to it. No, but that's a- like a huge blow to a lot of people if that's their oh, main yeah, content. And I know there were so many who were like, my specialty is financial domination and blackmail. And if that's your whole bag, mm-hmm. you're fucked. They did come back uh, to clarify. They did come back and say blackmail is considered okay. Okay. Which made me scratch my head, but they I got it in writing, so we're good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there was this one girl, she was a vampire. And they were oh, like, yeah. they were like, no more blood whatsoever. And she's like, but it's fantasy. I'm not really a vampire. And they're like, <laughs> I can't believe somebody had to say that. <laughs> and so, so like Nightflirt's like, we don't personally have a problem against you, but our biller does. So you can't do that. So overnight, this entire girl shtick was gone. Yeah. I, I cried for her. I literally like bawled. I felt so bad. Um, because yeah. that, I mean, that's a reality that if you're a envelope pusher, a reality is that you may, you may lose everything. Mm-hmm. So have a backup plan. That's what I tell everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And okay. I have, I have a couple more questions, but we're going to take a break really, really quick. Um, and yeah, I'm just like, Oh, my brain is like, if you could see all my synapses are firing, like what is this? I want to talk about this and I want to talk about that, but we'll be <laughs> right back after our break. Hey everyone, it's Dick and Max, the hosts of Off the Cuffs, a kink and BDSM podcast. A podcast for those in the lifestyle and those who are curious about it. Each week we sit down with a different guest to discuss their radioactive spider bite into kink. And it gives everybody a chance to express themselves in matters of sexuality. And a platform in which to express it. It's conversational, it's educational, and it's a lot of fun. More and more people have been reaching out to us telling us what they've learned about themselves just from us sharing our stories with each other every week. So find Off the Cuffs on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service and follow us on twitter and instagram at ocp kink hey did you know american sex podcast has a patreon page becoming a patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast it works kind of like i don't know funding for national public radio or how pbs works if you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash American sex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American sex. 
Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle Megastore. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money. You'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my God, give me water. Those are the best orgasm ever. All right. We are back with Amberly talking about all sorts of phone sex things, and I, I just don't even know where to begin or where to continue. <laughs> okay, my question. I, I, no, I, I one real quick thing before, yeah. you, like, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You. So there's there's one thing we were talking about off air that I think a lot of people are going to want to know. Like, oh my god, ten thousand dollars a month. That's really a lot of money. Can I really, really do this? And without even opening her book, I can tell you, yes. Because she made 15,000 fucking MP3s, and that's not everything she's done. So if you can even make, like, let's say 5,000 MP3s, I think you're going to see at that point, if you're distributing it in some sort of a medium where it, where people can hear it, you're going to make some passive income no matter what. But like 15,000 is incredible. Yeah. Right? And you deserve every penny that you ever got. We were talking about like, you know, when you first start out there's like that new girl syndrome where everyone just like flocks to you. They're like, we want to talk to the new girl. So the first couple of weeks you make bank like you're like, wow, this is great. And you think it's going to keep going like that. Mm-hmm. And it does not, it does. Um, which is where all of the, you know, the extra work comes in the hours that you put in like making a pretty profile or getting a website or networking or you know trying to advertise yourself on social media there's all these other things that happen when you're it's not like you set your phone line to on and your phone just rings off the hook like you can go hours without your phone ringing and you know you need to attract those customers so let's theoretical example let's say someone's listening and they're like you know what my goal is to consistently make a thousand dollars a week which Mm -hmm. isn't that you know far out there um how many hours would that person look at working in a week and i'm not just talking on the phone but i'm talking the computer stuff the marketing like all of those things to make let's say a thousand bucks a week depending on where you're on your in your journey and i'm going to because most people listening would be just starting out i would Mm -hmm. say in the beginning it is eight hours um i work if i were to that would be my goal with my fan base now my customers i would be working maybe two three hours okay make that kind of money but when you're just starting out you are tweeting you are posting to instagram and praying you don't get deleted uh you are going out networking you are taking calls probably three four hours a day you are making you're building your library building your library i i need to say that 12 thousand times in a row is the Mm -hmm. number one thing that you need to do. You need to be building MP3s. If you can do video, you need to do video. You need to be making picture packs. You need whatever. You need to be like building some sort of library so that when you're offline, because inevitably someone's going to find you when you're not logged on to take a call. What can they do to satiate themselves and satisfy um, until you do come back on. Right. So you're doing all of these things. I would say spend two, three hours recording 
uh, MP3s, video, whatever a day so that you have a bunch of updates. But yeah, it is eight hours a day job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It and when really, you say eight hours, you mean eight hours every day or eight hours per week? No, every, I would say at least five days. I like to tell people you do need to take time off because that's another thing. Uh, when working for yourself, everything's feast or famine. So people tend to get in these unhealthy patterns of working seven days a week, not taking any days off for themselves, burning out, and then wondering why in three months they aren't, like they're getting the call volume, but the guys aren't, aren't calling back necessarily because right. like you were crabby with them because you haven't taken a day off. And you haven't reset. <laughs> Won't you just come already? No, wait, take a long time to come so I can make more money. Damn it. Yeah. That's not sexy. Well, maybe for some people it would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only want to ignore calls today. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like take, take days off. Like maybe you want to work six days a week. Take a day off. Like you need, you need time for you. Right, right. Don't be your being your character all day can be exhausting. Yeah. Okay. So this this was a thing that I found that I didn't expect. And I don't know, you know, like, for me, I did phone sex versus phone domination. And just personally, for me, I didn't dig the phone sex. It was very, to me, it just made me feel like like it was the the ultimate cat call. You know, it was like, baby, (laughs) your tits, rub your tits on my face. I'm going to fuck you. And I was like, oh, God. But I love, my thing is I love like getting into people's heads and dominating and like fucking with their minds. And that's that really is what turns me on. So I found that more exciting Mm -hmm. and so that's what i started concentrating on was just the domination and not the sex part Mm -hmm. um however it was so emotionally draining and exhausting like the emotional labor that you have to put into you know one being creative enough to you know really be perceptive and get into these people's heads and really, you know, it's not like you can just like, you know, not pay attention and kind of go, Oh yeah. Oh, oh. Like when you're dominating, you, your mind has to be like 200% in the game. And I found after a couple hours, I felt I was exhausted. Like I ran a marathon and it was just all mental. (laughs) So how do you deal with the emotional, in an intellectual exhaustion of the job? Um, Again, taking the days off, super important. Um, I have non-negotiable hours, which I guess that's kind of changed Mm -hmm. since I'm doing conventions and stuff. But if I'm like not running around the country doing teach, well, okay. So if I was just doing the phone sex, no teaching and everything, Mm -hmm. I have non-negotiable hours in my day in which I spend with family, friends, getting out, being me, like having a defined who I am mm-hmm. helps with that a lot. Um, and the second thing that I do is, and I'd like to tell people focusing on one character is the best thing to do, especially at first. Right. But when you start finding things are becoming too taxing and you see yourself kind of screwing up on the job, air quotes, mm-hmm. I have a second profile that is what I call lick me, fuck me, suck me character. And that's where I can just go brain dead. And oh. I can phone it in and th- I mean, that makes it sound like I'm not giving good customer service. Trust me, the guys, for those who don't understand, like the guys that call in wanting domination, you absolutely have to get into their head. You have to figure out what makes them tick, figure out the stuff that they don't want to talk about. But when a right. guy calls a lick me, fuck me, suck me character, his dick's hard. He's jerking. He is, he is halfway there. 
I'm just taking him home. That's yeah, it. yeah. So- <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because it, it is. It's a lot less emotionally taxing to yeah. to take those calls. So when you have different personas, or just you know, generally when people have different personas, it, do you use your own pictures? Can you get fake pictures? Like, how does that work for people who want to do this anonymously? Uh, there are lots of content websites where you can purchase legal pictures to use in an adult commercial capacity. That sounded really official. Um, <laughs> no, but it's, it should be official because a lot of people think, and I'm, uh, listeners out there, I know some of you have done it, you think, oh, if it's on the internet, I can just take it and reuse it. No, you fucking can't. No, you don't can't. do no. that. Don't go to, I've seen this happen before. Don't go to Facebook, find a pretty girl. Don't do that. Not only can are you potentially fucking up their life because they didn't ask for it, but right. um, and don't assume that you can just do it with a porn star because they have great legal teams that will <gasps> thank you. Yes, they yeah. do. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, but yeah, there's websites and you can purchase picture sets for as low as like nine dollars. Really? So, wow. Yeah, yeah. Kate Harrington was the girl I used for years. When I first found her, the site's defunct now. But I got her first four sets off of a website called Rock Bottom Content for $2 a set. Damn. So, and then I found her pictures elsewhere for much more expensive, but by that time I could put money into it. And then there's the option of what I call Franken girl, where you just don't show her face. You buy the pictures, you have legal rights to use them. You crop out the face, you blur the face and it adds a hint of mystery to it. And it makes you seem more real. Like, yeah. I don't want my neighbors to know I'm doing phone sex in secret, so I have to blur out my face. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Another thing that I did, because um, some guys would be like, you're not Kate Harrington. She was in the UK. And I was like, fuck. Okay. I don't, I don't really do a good UK accent. Yes, I am. Ta-ta. <laughs> How did you find me? I was just... Uh, I was just you pretending to be an American. But guys would be like, I know you're not Kate Harrington. She's a porn star. Why would she be acting like this? So I'd be like, oh, well, I, of course I don't use my own photos. I do blackmail. And so they would beg me for my own photos. So I found a local girl and I got her to sign a model release and I paid her like, you know, two, $300. And I took photos of her, not even like nude photos. Oh, just kind of like clandestine. Like I just snapped a photo, a selfie of myself so you can see the real me kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And like, I told her full disclosure, like this is going on a porn site and she was cool with it and she was unknown. So like the, the Google image search, they couldn't find her. And <laughs> That was Ooh. that was my 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 way of getting around it for years, so that they didn't think, so that a I didn't have to furnish a real picture of myself, put myself out there like that. Yeah, but, that's really cool. So, yeah. so at what point did you vary from that and start putting your own picture out there? Because, like, I'm assuming that the picture that I was looking at at your Twitter feed was you, but maybe it's me. not. The the half white, half black girl. How do I know? <laughs> maybe you're uh, fooling me but when i wrote my book i wrote the books because i had so many girls coming to me and saying how do i do this and it got to the point where i was spending more of my time of the day talking to people than i was working and i'm very much married to my money as well so that was not going to work out <laughs> long term <laughs> so i wrote the I, I i took like six months off wrote the book got it out started just sending it to people and i figured if you're not going to read it, then you're not serious and I don't waste my time. But um, when I decided that I was going to start promoting it and 
potentially doing live teachings, I was like, I don't know if I can continue being a skinny white 18 year old when I'm short, fat and black and 31. So I don't know if that's going to work out. Yeah. I might need to start using my own photos. And we were also out of the military. I'm very much out of the adult uh, industry closet. So. Right. Right. Once I told my friends and my family, I was like, you know, we're good. We're good. I'm just going to start using my own photos. Nice. Nice. So <laughs> you mentioned a few times you talked about teaching and I know you have an event coming up at the Erotic Heritage Museum about like changing your life through sex positivity. So what what is that? Oh, my gosh. Um, I I can take no credit for this. I have to go to Miss August. I can never say her name right. McLaughlin? Is McLaughlin. McLaughlin. I think so. I know. I, she's from Girl Boner. Yeah, Girl Boner. Uh, yeah, radio. she just wrote the Girl Boner book and has, does Girl Boner radio podcast and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Girl. I, her book just came out, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got a copy of it. I'm so happy I got it when I was on pre-order. But she had me on her show. Um, so funny. She was like, can you? Can, I like. I prefer to have in-studio people. And I was like, I'm, I'll get in the car now. <laughs> she's like you're five hours away yeah i'll get in the car now Damn. Um, so uh we drove we drove to la from las vegas and was on a radio show and after the show she was like we should do uh i told her about how i do a monthly talk at the erotic heritage museum and she's like we should do a uh a panel together about sex positivity and i was like okay i'm down what does this entail? I had no idea what I was getting thrown into. <laughs> and um, so we got it organized and we're, we're, we're going to be talking about how we came to the point of being sex positive. Cause we all have different backgrounds, especially me growing up in like Texas, like East right. Texas, um, not having proper education, um, being ashamed. Again, goes back to that whole shame thing, being we a weirdo in the bedroom. So right. uh, it's me, August, and Christina Royale of Objectifying Men. I'm not Ooh. sure if you're familiar with her. She's hysterical. <laughs> I'm not super familiar, but now I need to be because I like a super hysterical B objectifying men being that, you know, I really tap into the femdom side of myself and like flipping the gender tables. So <laughs> gotta exactly. look more into that. Yeah. I, I hate to say I was I wasn't aware of her until like August told me about her and said, Yeah, we can have her as third panelist. And I started she has a YouTube channel and she is a sex positive comedian. Oh, why she, do I not know her? Right. I, I've told you about her sweetheart. Oh, you have I don't remember <laughs> anything. Maybe I totally know her and I was like, Oh, I forgot because my mind is almost gone. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell people I'm I'm 30 going senile all the time because I just forget stuff. Oh yeah. It gets worse. I'm I'm coming up on 50 and I can't remember Jack shit. I can remember what I wore to like my eighth grade picture day, but I can't remember where my car is or who that person is I just talked please, to. Please tell me it's in the garage. It is. Okay. It is. <laughs> we do live in Chicago, baby. Yeah, so. I know, I know. Oh, that's right. You guys live in Chicago. there for Oh, and, and we are going to be moving soon to Las Vegas. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, you we'll, know that. We'll keep we you posted. Dinner. Yeah. I'm excited. So tell me then, how has sex positivity changed your life? Um, so much. Because like growing up, I was terrified of sex because you know, mm-hmm. I grew up in Dallas where we taught black this apparently. And... Um, <laughs> In school, we were just taught, don't. You have body parts in your pants and don't. Literally, like, 
not even don't like they wouldn't say what not to do. They just said, you know, just don't, don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't think about it. Don't talk about it. Just don't. And as a result, like I, I remember when I graduated high school, I graduated with 500 other females and I was one of three that didn't have a child, hadn't had an abortion or wasn't currently pregnant. Damn. So it was just, um, which I attribute your, your, Showtime show to that. Oh okay. yay! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're preventing babies. <laughs> yeah, you prevented teen pregnancy. <laughs> uh, I, but yeah, like a lot of my friends didn't understand this stuff, and in a way, being sex positive kind of got me ostracized when I was like, you know, early early twenties because people are like, Oh my God, like you, you do what? Cause I would talk, I, I have Asperger's and I would, I, I say things without thinking about it frequently. Uh, mm-hmm. My foot is constantly in my mouth. And so I would talk about the stuff that I would see on your show. And they'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> you are not married. You did what? <laughs> you were reading about what? And it kind of put me back into what I call my hall of shame. Mm-hmm. And but I still like at the same time, I was still working in the sex industry and it made it to where, so it's, it's funny how I'm, I'm talking about sex positivity as it is negative. It wasn't a negative because I was able to still explore who I was. And at some point, I want to say it was around like 24, 25, I realized I had a better handle on who I was because I was more open and more fluid sexually than my repressed friends who did grow up in Dallas and kind of, and not just being in Dallas, but in a sex negative world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that I'm better than them. It's just, I didn't have the same problems they did. They would get frustrated with their, their lovers. They'd be like, yeah, all we do is missionary or like, it just, it, I don't want to have sex anymore. It feels boring. And I'm like, I don't have those problems. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I went to a swingers club, found out it wasn't for me, but I had fun. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. You know, and I found I f- found for me that sex positivity, yeah, in in all sexual aspects, it's been great. But I found for me, it translates over to non-sexual situations. Like I'm more comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. I am more comfortable with communicating with other people about maybe difficult subjects. Um, I, I have more confidence, like all of those things translate to, you know, interactions at the grocery store on a Wednesday afternoon, or dealing with someone that I'm working with, or even dealing with my kids. Like, I, I've just found that the the confidence that it's given me and the things that it's taught me about myself and about interpersonal relationships with other people, mm-hmm. like cross over every aspect of my life, which yeah. is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, in a way, in, in the earlier years, I wouldn't say it held me back. It just made me more aware of how held back other people were. Mm-hmm. But I think it did. Like, I'm the Asperger person who doesn't understand human emotions the way other people do. But mm-hmm. I'm still the friend everyone comes to. Right. And, like, talks about the weird stuff. And this is before I even came out of the adult industry closet. Mm-hmm. I was the one that they were like, um, so I cheated on my boyfriend. And I realized I still like him and I still want to be with him, but I also like being with other people. I'm like, you're a swinger. And they're like, I'm a what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, even a non-sexual way, I'm, 
I feel like I have more empathy. Like I can understand when someone's freaking out and being upset and especially what is it? The quarter life crisis. Like yeah. all my friends are beginning to have these, these problems of, Oh my God, I'm an actual adult now. I'm like, yes, you are. This is how we handled this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. We don't, it's okay to cry. Um, but, but how are we also going to get through this <laughs> mm-hmm. while yeah. we're crying? Let's come up with a plan. And everyone's like, why are you so calm? And I get, I think it's again, because I became so confident so early. Um, and it made me also recognize that we're all weird in some way. Yeah. I th- and, and it's not a bad thing. Actually, right. I, I like to tell people it's when you say you're not weird, that you're actually weird. Yes, that is so true. Like, be wary. That's a red flag. If someone's like, I'm totally normal. Red flag. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, Amberly, at this point, I'm going to have to call you out and ask you specifically, uh-huh. what kind of unique fetishes do you have? Ooh. Oh, gosh. I am. I'm in a, only in the bedroom. Am I an emotional <laughs> sadist? Like, getting someone to cry getting someone (laughs) to which i do a lot of outside the bedroom so i'm told i totally see the psychology of the reverse there um but getting someone to cry getting someone to be in a ton of pain uh playing on their insecurities again in a scene that they're consenting to that is my oh yes i damaged you in the bedroom somehow i think i think that you might like be me copy too yeah and that surprises <laughs> me because usually people that are tops you know that are that are pro doms or that are um like phone girls mm-hmm. um, usually end up being more submissive in the bedroom that's just there's nothing like, like it's anecdotally, yeah, it's completely from anecdotal. yeah it's completely anecdotal mm-hmm. but like that surprises me because there's just a handful of people i know that are doms for pay that also are doing in the bedroom like maya sinstress is a great example of that mm-hmm. she only doms 24 7 because that's she's not interested in being submissive in any capacity and i don't think that makes anybody right or wrong or yeah. super toppy or under toppy but it's it's always amazing to me when i find somebody that goes along with the consistency of what they do for the work and then follows it into the bedroom that's yeah, pretty no. incredible. Uh, I, I think it's because I started in the sex industry so young. Um, I did the uh, plenty of guys called in to. I'm the worst submissive. The company that I worked for, I had to take whatever call came through. But several times they told me that was awful. Every time a guy is just like, "Get over here," and like tells me what to do, like my brain just turns off. Like, okay, okay, that's what we're doing now. Um, (laughs) and you could just hear it no matter how hard i tried i am not i'm the worst submissive i'll yawn i'll and it's not it's not valid i guess it is it's not like i'm doing it on purpose and that's actually how i developed amberly because i'm like this amberly has always been pretty much who i was so yeah yeah always been a little bit and that's why she's into she she is me now um completely but that's why i got into more of the uh darker fetishes is because i inside and sexually i'm a darker person so yeah that's awesome i think i honestly and think that is you, you sunny yeah you are me we are each other <laughs> <laughs> we're having a moment here Aww. so all right as we wrap up I want to ask you one question because you reminded me of something, an experience on a certain platform. I'm not going to say where, but I think we were both on that platform. There was a person that was making their rounds with pro dom or, you know, uh, phone doms Uh and they would approach as like, 
I'm the submissive guy and I, you know, want to come into your dungeon and have you do all these things. But then would like turn the tables and be like, I'm going to tie you down now. And you know, I, you really want to get railed by me, you whore. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? I know so, you're talking about. I yes. And <laughs> I went to like, there are secret forums where all the, you know, operators mm-hmm. talk. And it was like, this dude would, that was his fetish mm-hmm. was non-consensually getting dominant women to be submissive. So you know who I'm talking I, about. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Is that is that common? Like, have you come across other people that like oh, try to pull one over? Like, what are some of those experiences? Oh God! Like, I get that nightly. Um, really? Because like a lot of guys, it's they find out about BDSM and they want to just try on the hat and they think you're pretty and they don't read what you're about, or maybe they do read what you're about and they just want to see how far. I, I've seen like truly submissive guys try this and it's because they're submissive, but they're only submissive to certain people. Mm. So they're like doing a test. Now there are people that just like to that's a practice while topping from the bottom. Mm-hmm. That is their milieu. But I, and again, it goes back to how Amberly is more who I am on the inside. Like it's not character. It's just basically who I am. So when I get those calls, I tend to just start burst out laughing. <laughs> like I can't that breaks the entire scene and like snot ball tears rolling down crying laughing F- oh I've fallen goodness. out of my chair and that guy he he continued to call me <gasps> and he would call me for like an hour and at the time I was like 2.99 a minute right it's like you're racking up the money and yeah. having a laugh and, and just crying laughing the entire time he's like you're gonna stop that fucking laughing i'm gonna tickle you i'm like do you, do you think i think you're actually tickling me yes <laughs> it was the best it was the fucking best and i was like are we gonna do a real call? at some point i would calm down and be like are we gonna do a real call down have fun or are you going to keep this up? Like what I'm down for whatever. This is great. I am. I am thoroughly entertained. Oh my and goodness. At, usually if we're talking about the same guy, he would break and he'd be like, okay, what do you want to do to me? <laughs> I never got to that point. No. Oh, now I know there's like another level, you yeah, know, there's it, layers. It was like after a good hour, he'd be like, okay, um, I do kind of want to get off. It's like it's like breaking a horse. Yeah, you, know, you yeah. just gotta wear them down. Oh but God. you keep doing it over and over again. I thought it was breaking a horse too. Like like the third or fourth time, I'm like, okay, like he's gonna stop this. But it was like his fetish to like sit there and see how much you'll put up with. Take. I have another guy where I just pretend like I don't know who he is. It infuriates him, but he keeps calling <laughs> back. And other doms are like, he leaves me bad feedback. I don't care about feedback. He leaves me bad feedback. He yells at me. He talks over me. He pretends to be a sub. And every time he calls, he'll say his name. And I'll be like, oh, have we spoken before? <laughs> how do you That's not, awesome. How do you not remember me? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'm sorry. I talked to a lot of people. Who are you? And it just drives him batshit crazy. Oh my goodness. But he loves it because he stays on the phone. He does. Yeah. He does. And he yeah. keeps calling back. And every single time he's like, I know you're going to fucking remember me this time. And then one time he hung up and then he called back 10 minutes later. And I was like, Oh yeah, I just got off the call. He's like, I watched your call light. And I'm like, I'm on multiple services. <laughs> he's like, You didn't turn your call off light off here. I didn't. I forgot about it. I'm sorry. Who's this? 
Oh my goodness. That's amazing. And you know, it's like he can always safe word. His safe word is hanging up the phone. Exactly. <laughs> and if he stays on, well, there he's getting something out of it too. Yeah. And that's another reason people are like, oh, you're just fucking with people and taking their money. At any point, he could not call me back. At any point, mm-hmm. you can hang up. And if it is your first phone call, you can contact Night Flirt and say, I want my money back. And right. That yeah. rarely happens. So. He likes it. He likes, he likes it. that. He likes the fact that I I, I, I am not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I have totally, thoroughly, absolutely, 100% enjoyed this conversation. Aww. And I cannot wait until we are both in, you know, both in Vegas or maybe you visit Chicago before we get there. We're both in the same room and we can like shoot the shit and have some dinner and drinks. It, but it before October, um, mm-hmm. if you if you move after October, I should be going to the Leather Archives. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll keep in touch on that. But in the meantime, can you let people know? And of, of course, I'm going to have all of this information in our show notes. So the link to your event at the Erotic Heritage Museum later on was the 18th. It's going to be right? yeah, this, this August 18th. Yeah. And if you have okay. something with the Leather Archives Museum, let us know yeah. that too. And we'll put that up. Yeah, uh, but we're getting the date. We're getting the date. Oh. I promise to get to you. Cool, cool. And I'm going to have all the information to your book and all that. But give us just like the quick rundown of where we can find you a little bit more information on your event and all that great stuff for our listeners. Yeah, sure. The events at the Erotic Heritage Museum on the 18th at 5pm with me, August McLaughlin and Christina Royale. Mm-hmm. And that's in Las Vegas. In for Las those Vegas. Listening. Yeah. yeah, Las Vegas, Nevada. 100% free. Uh, you can go to Eventbrite, just type in Amberly, A-M-B-E-R-L why there's only one of us uh, me apparently on there so easily be able to find it or you can type in erotic heritage museum it'll pop up uh, if awesome. you want to rsvp but you can also find me on twitter at amber lee pso phone sex operator uh-huh, get it no not, <laughs> not that funny or uh, i also have a hundred percent free site called uh, amberlyrothfield.com where you can get my video tutorials, my infographics, and you can subscribe for $2 a month if you just want to support the site, but you don't have to. Awesome. Yay. Well, this has been amazing. And thank you so much. Thank you, I I appreciate both of you guys. Seriously, you changed my life before I was even a sex worker. I'm going to go cry (laughs) now. All right. I'm not. You're going to be excited about tears. All right. All right. Bye, listeners. We will see you next week. Bye, American fuckers. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.